Welcome to the Consortium Podcast, an academic audio blog of Kepler Education. Kepler is a consortium of online classical Christian teachers unified by a shared vision for student flourishing. Hello, I'm Scott Postman, your host, and I'm joined by Joffrey Swade, who's over here laughing. He's our co-host today and our academic advisor at Kepler. We're just having a good time getting I, started. I have a case of the giggles. Are we going to actually use this take? <laughs> yes, we're going to use this take. For sure we're going to use oh, this take. Man. This is actually kind of a fun episode. Yeah, it is. It's a little less heavily philosophic, although we are going to talk about those in, in practical, because today we're going to talk about social life and online learning. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so you know, one of the age old slanders uh, of, of homeschooling is, well, you know, what about my socialization? Right. And you know, <laughs> we need to socialize our kids and we'll talk about what that means. Oh, uh, but, you know, as, as people engage more and more with online education and here we are a homeschooling platform by and for homeschoolers and, and we're online and we're online so you're adding an extra <laughs> dynamic to it and you know frankly and I, I think you probably agree with me i actually although it, it is an important question to ask i hate that question mm. what about your kids socialization right i hate that question. why, why do you hate it well because of what it implies uh-huh. that the kind of socialization and we could get into the the philosophy of socializing and 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 even where that goes with socialism and and all of that um but the, what they're being socialized to is, it's, they talk about it as though, and by default, it's a good thing. Right. No, yeah. ex- exactly right. And it's, it, it'll, it, it, people will be more sophisticated and avoid the word socialization. And they'll just say things like, you know, your kid won't fit in. And there's, there's a, there are a lot of memes out there. Uh, you know, to which the the reply to that is exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, that's uh, right. Homeschoolers don't want their kids to fit into the system that you're talking about. That doesn't mean we want them to be socially awkward. No. And you, you know, I was thinking about this and, and since we're using this episode where we're kind of being a little, you know, letting our hair down a little bit. Um, I, I was just thinking about sometimes how uh, homeschooling kids often are, you know, characterized as being socially awkward because they're not, uh, because they're somewhat naive sometimes to the mm-hmm. things of the world. But that's what the scripture says, right? The scripture tells us, you know, that to, to Paul says that I would that you wouldn't even, you know, learn of those things done in darkness, right? right. And because that they are, um, you know, naive to some of these things, they're considered socially awkward. But really, what a lot of homeschool kids are more adultish. They're a little bit more uh, grown up and mature, and they're thinking yes. about things. And and uh, and somehow, you know, that seems to be a bad thing to a lot right. of people. Well, you know, there's a segment of the homeschooling population that, that certainly is naive. There's an enormous segment of the general population that is deeply ignorant. Yeah. So just the choice between naivete and ignorance uh, already, right? <laughs> right. You, you know where you want to go. But, you know, it's even that I think can get you know, the, the, that ignorance piece. You know, so, you know, children out there in the world, in the, in the, in the government school systems, they get exposed to so much. They know so many of the wrong things, but they're actually not worldly as in they couldn't tell you anything about Paris or Parisian culture. (laughs) All right. And, you know, you know, we've mentioned before, you know, in my background, my, my parents were like C.S. Lewis's parents in that they provided me with lots of books and let me read whatever I wanted to such a point that I wish they had actually put some limits on it. Yes, absolutely. Because I read some things I should not have read at at various ages, but, but as uh, innocent and virgin as I was when I went off to college, 
which, you know, I was, I was far more worldly in the older sense of the word than anyone I met. I'm, I'm glad you said the older sense of the word, because when, when we think of worldly, there's a couple of different ways people could be thinking about that, right? Uh, worldly, the way you're using it is uh, having an understanding of the way the world works and, right. and, and the, the various uh, cultures that are represented in the world and how they interact with each other. But there's also a sense in which, you know, First John 2 uses the, um, the, the word world as a system without God. Right, right? exactly. And system is such an important word. Yeah. So, you know, the socialization often that people are concerned that homeschool kids are not getting is exactly that thing. They become socialized in the system that is godless. Right. Now, you know, often when people use that expression, uh, they're not thinking about the very system they're in. So they really are good-heartedly, yeah. um, you know, asking who is your, your kid going to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Right. And w- when it's on that level, I think that's where we can start to engage in this episode. Right. Cause that, you know, it's important to n- you know, no man is an Island, sir. Right. And so one of the things, and, and I, I'm, I'm just going to mention this. And if you want to learn more about it, I'll recommend uh, Carl Truman's book on the triumph of the modern self. Mm. So just a fun but the idea of uh, us discovering our identity can only be done in community, right? And certainly the church is a community and the family is a kind of community. And so there's a certain um, aspect of our development that has to be done in community. And yes. so having peers and having, um, you know, hierarchical structures, all of these things are important in the development of, you know, the human being. Right. And of course, you know, all, all humans realize that, that they're, their lives can be divided into into various sections, but I think particularly because of of the way in our society most people are educated are brought up, we tend to think monolithically. Mm-hmm. Right? There's capital S society, but the reality is it's a lot more fragmented than that. And even Christians, they'll be like, okay, well, I have work, church, and then civil life, yeah, and that's that's kind of it. But social life is modular and nodular, sir. <laughs> I mean, there, there are just lots of little centers. That's right? what we should have called this episode, <laughs> modular and nodular. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that one. But, you know, there's, uh, I think that there's a, there's a sense, and I still see it sometimes in, in occasional conversations that I have with, with families, in which, uh, you know, people think of replacing one system with another, mm-hmm. right? And, and Kepler doesn't want to do that, no. right? We, but we, we want to be a part of your life and we want to be a part of the social life of what you do. But, I mean, you have your church, right? right? And you have archery club and you have, you know, these other these other gamers who are into the game that you're in too. Rugby. Or, or I'm rugby. that out there for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rugby coach for the audience. But yeah, um, you know, so, so, so your life is full of all these little, uh, these little centers, mm-hmm. right, that you kind of swing around and orbit around eccentrically, and and you connect with people through all of those things, and and Kepler can integrate into a lot of that you know, very smoothly. Yeah. Well, when we think about homeschool co-ops, um, a lot of times what families are, are doing is recognizing that education is part of the, you know, the, the family responsibility, right? And right. it's centered there. And so families getting together around a very central and important part of a person's development, which is education, right? It's yeah. probably the most central. And when, when, so when they're doing that, they're recognizing this need for a social life of, of peers with their children um, that extends beyond maybe just 
their own, you know, family unit. And, um, and, and oftentimes it's done within the church or, or cooperating churches. And, you know, there's various ways that that happens. And so at Kepler, um, being an online institution, you know, that, would appear that there's another layer removed, right? Because now right. they're now they're online and not just in, you know, they're not in a physical co-op or something like that, or, or even a home with, you know, various children. Um, and so we have to be very intentional about it, but I love some of the things that are, that are happening at Kepler oh, yeah. to develop that, that life. And, and so one of the dangers is that people get this idea that uh, that all of social life can be done online mm. and that becomes, uh, you know, kind of a, a social life for them rather than seeing this as a technology that can be used, you know, to develop the kinds of relationships that we want our children to have. Right. And I think keying in on the idea of relationships mm-hmm. is, is what's important. Uh because really, if, if we talk, if we think about, because you know, you mentioned one poll, which is you know, just moving your entire social life online. But then the other one is is refusing to see anything that happens online as actually being personal or social. Yeah, right. That, and that's a danger. That's a ditch on both sides. Exactly. Uh, you know, and when we're thinking about protecting our kids online and that sort of thing, you know, obviously we, we, we're much more likely to go into one ditch than the other, but they are both both ditches that, you know, you can have very real, honest, sincere relationships, um, relationships that have meaning online, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, one of the things is we were talking uh, in preparation for this show, you know, kind of thinking about the, 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 the teleology of a relationship, right? And, you know, I think there's a, a sort of a, a 90s mindset out there that, you know, maybe from the inception of, uh, of online dating, right, where you, <laughs> it, the connection is made online, but it's not a real relationship until right. we meet. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I've, I've, I have had a large portion of my social life online for almost 15 years now. And some of those people I've met, some I haven't. Um, but, you know, there are. I've asked for favors from people I've never met, like real favors, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we've been talking on and off for years, casually, never really asking anything of each other, but building up this trust. And, you know, I wasn't evaluating the relationship based on whether we've met or not, just on, oh, this, this, you know, I feel like this guy's my friend. I bet he does too. I bet I can ask him for this thing. Yeah. And, and I don't want to take it too, too far in this direction. Um, but, but you mentioned something that's very important that trust, right? Developing right. that trust. And sometimes that takes a long time or sometimes, you know, it, it happens faster. Yeah, it offs, yeah. yeah. So, so that's a really key aspect of it. Um, and, and I realize that things seldom fall into the kinds of taxonomies that we create for mm-hmm. it, but we did talk about, you know, basically three kinds of relationships that happen online. Maybe you could mention those. And, and again, I just want to clarify or, or, you know, preempt to saying that these aren't, you know, clear taxonomies. There's a lot of overlap in the way these happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. You want me to give it? Yes, yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, so what's happening is Joffrey's pointing at me, and I'm not picking up the cue. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so we were talking about this taxonomy of you know you have this complete online. Uh, this this sort of delusion that everybody who is called a friend on Facebook is actually right. really your friend, right? And and we have to, we've got to move beyond that. And, and and most people, I think, are aware enough to to not 
consider it that way. But, you know, I think particularly when we're talking about teenagers, this is something that, you know, you have to be newly sensitive to every time, yeah. you know, you have a 12 year old or 15 year old you know, going online for the first time. Yeah. I think that you is know, important. Yeah. And, and you made a, a comment in a, um, in another episode that I think is really important when we think about, you know, trust and safety in, in online settings. And that is that, uh, students are going someplace, right. You know, that can I go and, you know, meet up for this club or this activity online or, or those things, not just can I go hang out on the internet? Right. right. So, so there are the kinds of relationships that are just strictly online. Then there are the kinds of relationships that um, don't get beyond just, we know each other's name and maybe we like a post or something that they put up or some content that they're sharing. But then there's the kind of relationships like you just described, where you get to know people even through conversation and maybe you're never going to meet them. Maybe there's some place in Nova Scotia that you're never going to go. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so this, this idea that you know them um, and, and you, you do have more, more than just a, I know who they are online. You, you have a, a relationship you develop, but you probably never visit them in real life. And then there's those relationships where, you know, what a serendipitous moment when you bump into them at a conference because right. you've developed this relationship online, like, hey, I know you. Yeah. yeah. And, then, you know, that's happened to both of us in, in the Kepler sphere, but given my previous online presence, it's happened a lot to me, you know, in, in my life generally. And this is where we kind of enter the this modular view of, of socializing again, right? So, I mean, you, you, one moves in certain circles, Oh. Right. And, you know, you, you may have a, a model train hobby, right. That has a very you know niche little community and it's sort of insular, but generally online and physically there's, you know, there's a lot of, of mixing and matching and a lot of overlapping. And so it happens that, you know, you travel to such and such a conference or to such and such a meeting or event, and you run into people who you've been talking to about these things yep. right um and and but it doesn't feel and i think um, i think many of the people listening to this will will have had this experience that doesn't feel like meeting for the first time does it and how many no. of us have had that oh yeah we have never met in person yeah i i actually had this uh sort of experience just uh recently at, at a conference where um actually two different people that i knew one previously i had met in person uh at a different conference and uh and and we've knowing them through, you know, developing online relationship through Kepler, but somebody else who had just, you know, uh, friended on, uh, I think it was Instagram or something. And, uh, and we'd followed each other and he came up to me at the conference and he's like, Hey, Scott Postma, you know, uh, right. we, you know, and, and, and you just pick up the conversation as though it's been going on, but that's the first time I've ever met him in person. Right. Well, and, and I think this is where it really starts to kind of touch on, on Kepler and, and, mm -hmm. and what we want to talk about as far as what we're doing. Cause well, um, you ran into the wonderful Haley, yes, in yep. uh, in Charleston yep. at, at a um, at a, a Cersei conference, and Haley a is a student at Kepler. For those who aren't, yes, right, <laughs> uh, and you know, just in Louisiana, just a few months before, you and I had been at at a yep. at a conference for the Southern Consortium of Classical Educators, and there she was with her parents. Yep. Uh, so we both got to meet her, a Kepler student. Hey, this is cool. That's great. She was part of student council. Yep. Right. Um, and th while she was there, she met one of our teachers, Clark Widener, yep. who's teaching the grammar of poetry. Well, off we go. The conference ends, et cetera. That's great. 
Um, well, just a, a couple of weeks ago, she emailed me saying, I want to start a poetry club. And I thought I might ask Mr. Widener. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, this, these connections had been you know made. Some were solidified by meeting in person. Some were made for the first time yep. by meeting in person, but then continued online. Right. And so now Kepler is going to have a poetry club, which I'm super pumped about. Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a poetry geek yeah. myself. I've already, to I've already told Mr. Widener and Haley that I'll be, I'll be hanging around, uh, you know, more than normally <laughs> for this club. Um, but yeah, and it was, it's just, but it happened because of connections, right? Like, so, you know, Haley, Haley, thought, hey, I can make this happen because I've met Mr. Widener yeah. and, you know, and I, and I talked to Mr. Joffrey and we, we can make this thing that I want to do work out now she's gonna be able to connect with other students over her love for poetry that's wonderful and and again all of this comes because of an online connection and platform and it's done you know it's done thoughtfully when i say intentionally i mean you know it's it's done thoughtfully because the technology is being used for a greater good it's not an end in itself right it's it's used to develop these kinds of connections and relationships that are going to be you know, lifelong um, influences in, in people's life. And now we've got a, uh, a, a new student club. We're going to talk about clubs here in just a minute, but we've got a new student club that's that's developing, teacher engaged. There's going to be other students coming. Those connections are going to continue to, you know, branch out and, right. you know, exponentially grow. And before we get it, get in, uh, directly into into that, I do, do want to sort of issue an, an aside, um, kind of riffing off of what you said, you know, what, what reminding the audience of what I had said in another episode <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, don't let your kids just go online. Right. It's just like in real life. Right. Right. I'm going over to Johnny's house and I'll text you when I'm coming home. Right. Something like that. I'm going online. I'm going to hang out at Kepler's poetry club, or I'm going to be playing video games with Johnny. Uh, and that's and different be, than dad. I'm, I'm going out and I'm going to just hang out with my friends downtown. Yeah. I'll be back whenever, whenever. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> now, obviously at a certain point, your child will be doing that when they're no longer a child. Right. Right. So here I am, I'm, I'm a 43 year old man. I look like an NFL offensive lineman. Well, with less definition. <laughs> I'm six foot nine, et cetera. And um, someone, uh, uh, a stranger on my YouTube channel said, hey, I live in town. And I was like, hey, let's meet. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. You know, I met him and his wife. We had some coffee. They've got eight kids. They have no connection to my church or anything else in town. So it's a totally brand new connection for me. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Hi, Gabe. I don't think you're listening, but hello. <laughs> um, but. I'm a 43-year-old man who looks like an NFL offensive mm -hmm. lineman, right? Your your teenager, you know, should not be doing those things. And you want to have a philosophy and an ethic of behavior online. Um, you know, and so a lot of our students are kind of going online for the first time, especially when they're in middle school, you know, even like learning how to use computers. Right. And that's great. Um, but, you know, I, I would really advise parents to be thinking, okay, well, if we're not just going to say, okay, we're in a new phase now, right? You should continue to have the same sort of rules you have for the physical world for the online world. Yeah, they just think they extend in there. And I, I like how you de define the fact that uh, what we mean by being intentional is that you do have a philosophy, you do have an ethic, you do have moral you know, boundaries that guide how this is going to happen, and they extend from that physical world into the online world. And that includes trusting people. This is why I bring it up, right? So here, you know, there are all these Kepler teachers, et cetera, and, and that's great. Um, think about what you would 
let your kid do right when you're, you're not going to just let him go hang out at some dude's house no well that reminds me of the family that two students met each other right in class yeah 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 and then they found out that their family was going on vacation somewhere where another family or or in route where another family lived the families met up right, right. and the families got together and now the families are friends and they've but it was know, the two girls who like that was the 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 impetus for making that happen yep. but the families got together yeah the fa- they didn't just go off and say yeah hey i'm gonna go, go hang out the families met each other and you know developed the trust in the relationship and and so Online is a great way, uh, especially in online education, when you're intentional about it with these, you know, guiding philosophies and ethics to develop a student's social life, if we we would use that term. And so one of the things that we've been developing at Kepler, which should just be a part of what you guys are doing, even even online, but um, we have all these clubs Mm -hmm. besides having some places where we can talk and and in classes, people connect and, you know, they ask about homework assignments and then they find out about each other. And, oh, I like this video game. Ask your mom if we can play. Great. And I have, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. Before uh, you go in there, I have students, you know, where, Literally, because we're talking about a subject, say, in our Greek, uh, you know, uh, old Western culture, integrated humanities class, and they get together afterwards um, in a in a chat room that their parents approve of to talk about the, the subject that we've Wonderful. been talking about in class because they want to continue, you know, that conversation. Right. You know? So those are ways that that happens. Yes. And it happens organically, but organically. Yeah. Anyway, that happens organically. But. You know, we've 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 wanted to funnel that energy, mm-hmm. and we've funneled that in, into the club. So we have student council, we have chess club, which competed against other online Un- education yeah. platforms last yeah, last year. Pretty cool stuff. Yep, uh, Spanish club, film club, book club. I think that's all of them except for, of course, new poetry club. New poetry club. <laughs> and we do have like so. It's these are all started by the students. Student yep. council was the only club where we said there's going to be a student council. Yeah. Right. Who wants to be a part of it? The rest of them just emerged from the students. The way poetry club is now, we do have our own pet little projects, and sometimes we encourage people. Like <laughs> you, you have a couple in mind that you'd really like to see. Yeah, we were talking about like a speech and debate club. Yeah, right? that'd be that, awesome. That would be fabulous. Every summer, um, we have a a speech and debate class um, and students who take that class in the summertime can sign up for our Leonberg prize. So we, we do promote it that way, but this would be something that students interesting in, interested in speech and debate could continue to develop outside of the classroom all year long. Right. So yeah, that would be a great one. And there was another one. What was it? Um, I mentioned, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, uh, I, I am too. But yeah, we were just, <laughs> yeah, we we were actually, throw- when we, when we wander into, I wander into as if we're purposeless, but when we're hanging out around, <laughs> around the, the the kepler community we both get kind of excited to see the the energy that yeah. these you know you talked about developing those skills you know that that's the motivation that these kids have you know they're they're, they're using their social energy um to to develop themselves yeah. right you don't join spanish club or get into the latin slack channel which hasn't quite evolved into a club or whatever it is you know it's because you love the subject and you want to improve yourself in it yeah, and and it's it's an area where you're connecting with other, you know. I, we always say it, you know. You get to geek out with everybody else, you yes. know, who, who likes to geek exactly. out on the same things, right? Exactly right. Yeah, um, you know. And so one of the things that that bears mentioning here is that each of the clubs has a teacher mentor, mm-hmm. right? And so the officers of the club and the teacher mentor sort of organize things, and everything happens under the supervision of one of our teachers. 
Although, you know, all the decisions really are, are, are being made by the students. Yeah, absolutely. Student-led, teacher-supported, mentor, you know, o- overseen. And we have some great teachers uh, who are volunteering their time to be, to be a part of that. And so there's another opportunity for, for other mentorship also right. know, in a student life. So, yeah, really excited about that. Yeah, so in a couple of weeks, you know, so classes start on September the 7th, um, and then a couple of weeks after that, uh, we'll get the clubs rolling. We want to give everyone a little bit of time to acclimate uh, to their new academic year. Uh, but then the, the clubs will be back in full swing. Yeah. And the students have ideas to pitch for a club. We're open to hearing those. Absolutely. We'd love to hear that at all. So, well, I hope that uh, this episode will help you in thinking through the, um, you know, the couple of ditches, but also being intentional about developing social life in an online academic environment, because it is not just possible, uh, but it's very plausible and, and yeah. can be done very well. And opens up new doors. Yep, it right? does. I mean, honestly, and I know that you're trying to wind the show down, but. Yeah, no, good. If you got more, <laughs> um, keep going. You know, it's the, the, the it's a lot easier to set up a poetry club uh, online yeah. than it is to like, like you think about your neighborhood and uh, <laughs> the high schoolers, you might be able to get together for a poetry club. That'd be super cool if you could. But, you know, when you're online already on this platform that is dedicated to classical education, yep. well, all of a sudden... You've got a whole world of people that, yeah, right. it's not your neighborhood who, who doesn't yeah. <laughs> have that interest. Yeah, great point. Well, well thanks, everybody. So long. <laughs>